Bird of Calandra? It's a fancy name for a fisherman's daughter, Ebenezer. Don't be daft, woman. You came from trade yourself, so why should it bother you? You hadn't heard of Eric either, but I got his name from the same place and you said nought about that. He ruffled his young son's head. You were named after a dead sea captain, the nose. And which sea captain might that be, Ebenezer Ingram? Mary said. Ebenezer scratched his head, sucked air through his empty pipe and looked thoughtful. It were the Norseman lying in his grave in the cemetery, I reckon. I can't bring to mind his second name, she snorted. As for Calandra, the fact is I ducked behind a tombstone last Sunday to have a pipe out of the wind and saw it on the tablet of a passenger that came off that Greek ship two winters ago. Took to it right off. So I thinks to myself, if we have another lass, Calandra it'll be. Lucky you picked it out the ball then, I suppose, Mary said, giving a sniff. Eric said anxiously, What's her second name going to be, Ma? Mary opened the paper she'd picked up, the second of her husband's contributions. She gave him a glance, her eyes narrowing at his knowing grin. It was time she taught him a lesson, she thought, unfolding it. Why, it's Mary. That was our Eric's suggestion, wasn't it? Calandra Mary after his mother. How pretty. She screwed up the paper and placed it back in the bowl amongst the others, giving it a stir with her fingers. Her husband's smile faded. He opened his mouth, then shut it again, when their mother smiled at him and said, It's just as well we don't have to call her after your sister, since the names don't sound quite right together. A proud smile flashed across Eric's face. I wanted her to have your name, Ma. She's pretty like you, and her eyes are blue as well, just like yours. Let's hope they stay that way then, Eric. I feel the odd one out in this family. So you should with your city ways, Ebenezer's smile came back. Eh, hey, but there's a lad with a silver tongue. Your ma's a bonny one, lad. She kept half the lads in Seafield dangling on a string before she took up with me. I've always wondered why she chose me. Mary managed to laugh as she said lightly, <laughs> I wonder that myself sometimes. But she knew why, and so did he. She'd been filled with vanity over her looks and her ability to capture the attention of the young men. Ebenezer had not been an inexperienced lad, though. He'd been a widower looking to wed again, a young man grieving for a wife and children lost to cholera a year earlier. She'd walked across the sands from Hartlepool when the tide had been out. Dressed in her finery, she'd been parading with two of her friends in front of the local lads. Ebenezer had been mending his nets, and she'd stopped to watch him. His eyes had been bold and dark on her, she remembered, and he'd had a quiet but determined air about him. "'Will you show me how to do that?' she said, wanting his attention. "'Hi, lass!' His eyes had filled with amusement at her first stumbling attempts, but within half an hour she'd mastered it. "'There's a canny lass, yeah?' with nimble fingers. 
Come and help me another time, all right, he'd said. And the time after that, he walked her home, filled her with cider, and told her the sad tale of his doomed marriage. Then, when she was feeling sorry for him and crying over it, he'd taken her into the field behind the village when the moon was barely a sliver and the wheat so high that nobody could see what was going on between the pair of them, even if they'd wanted to. With her skirt up over her head and his hands pinning it either side so her protests were muffled and went unheard, he'd made a proper job of it that night. Afterwards, she railed at him, but he simply lit his smelly pipe and said, Stop your nagging, woman. You had the scent on you and you wagged your tail and led me on. Now tis over and done with. I can't rightly say I favour another woman more, so I'll wed thee, lass. There's no more to be said. Which was the nearest he'd got to courtship.